Alright guys, and welcome back to the show. Uh, we are actually doing an... First this week, this is going to be a solo episode. Uh, Kate's still in the middle of her move. Q is still... Or, actually, I just forgot to hit up Q. It's like 7 o'clock and I didn't want to bother him this late to see if he'd drive down from his place to mine to record. And I feel like we need to get some content out this week, so here we are. Um... So, if you know anything about us and how well we can get off the rails when we have somewhat of a plan and we are all recording together, trying to keep each other on track, this is sure to be a shit show. Uh, bear with me, there's a good chance this might not even make it to air, which you won't know. If, so, me saying that has no real bearing or purpose. Uh, at the top of this show, I kind of, you know, this will be a riff episode. I'm going to talk about Hubie Halloween as well, because uh, that's been... Uh, Adam Sandler's most recent release um, for Netflix movies as part of his like one billion movie Netflix deal. Uh, it was fine. It was fine. We'll get we'll get to it in a bit. Uh, but I wanted to open with mental health. Uh, I know a lot of places have kind of started to open up from quarantine, and um, but I mean, there's still some people where it's uh, pretty tough to get out and about, and a lot of people are still like hyper-social distanced, if you will. Um, and I know a lot of people are kind of going stir-crazy for that. And I know the six people who listen to this podcast are all from Atlanta or Texas, so not sure this is for any of y'all. But uh, in the off chance that somebody circles back to this, I feel like it's a good idea to kind of, I don't know, have something out there. Uh, but I don't know. I don't really, God almighty, how many times am I going to say I don't know in an episode? Um... I'm not really the go-to guy for mental health. Uh, I've never really had terrible struggles with it, but I can definitely empathize with people who do. I uh, I had uh, one or two panic attacks in my life, and I know some people get them every day. Uh, so I don't want to say I don't want to be the person who's here saying just because I've had one or two, I know exactly what you're going through. But at the same time, it's not like it's the and. The most foreign idea to me on either. Uh, I can tell you this, that after having those two and feeling like I was going to die, even though I was sitting in my bed at home, just with a really bad hangover after some regrettable decisions on a couple back-to-back St. Paddy's Day ventures, doesn't mean that I uh, lost my train of thought. But basically, all, all that to say... I understand the importance of mental health and definitely want to at least get the ball rolling because I know I've mentioned it before that it's something that I want to delve into and I feel like now is as good a time as any when we're not covering a movie and I'm in dire need for filling minutes. Um, but uh, I think the biggest foundation that i found with it is definitely like diet and exercise cures 90% of mine at least because um, I used to have real bad anxiety. But I was getting like, and I was used to be in sales. I was uh, sleeping like four to six hours a night, eating like crap because I was on the road, not getting any workouts done because I was just flat out passing out as soon as I made it home. Um, and man, was I not in a good place mentally because of that. Real thrilling time to be friends with me. Um, no, but like if people need to get where. And I think America, I don't know, America, corporate America is kind of getting to a point where we're kind of recognizing this, where 
people are taking mental health days, but and it'll get better with time because I think a lot of this stuff is getting more widespread recognition, uh, especially in like the last five years, I feel like. Um, but I definitely think it's really good to kind of start bolstering those habits, uh, try and get a work, you know, at least 45 minute workout three times a week. Um, and if you start feeling anxious, go for a run or something. It's, you know, me and my sister, we live about 15 minutes apart. Uh, and I really came close on like Tuesday or yesterday one, uh, on bailing. Cause I was like anxious. I had some, a bunch of stuff going on at work and I was like, I really just need to sit in front of the computer. Um, and she was like, no, let's go for a run. I was like, all right, all right, fine. Into that run, it was way easier to sit down in, that, in front of that computer and get the work done because I was not battling my own inner thoughts, I guess is the way to put it. Anxiety, but, you know, everything on the inside was trying to drive me crazy. Uh, but, you know, it was a real easy fix. Uh, and I know I mentioned it on the last episode with Q uh but we're doing the sober october thing and i started that a little bit early holy crap i mean i'm definitely gonna go back to drinking don't get me wrong but managing anxiety and that sort of thing when not drinking wow that is a lot easier of a bear to tackle uh no it's been super interesting honestly my sleep has been way better too uh not, you know, let's be honest, not not good, not, not enough of a magic pill to stop me from grabbing a beer on October 31st. Uh, but it's been just something very interesting to notice and keep track of. Um, I don't really um, know where to kind of wrap this one up, let's be really honest. Um, definitely, you know, tackling the diet, the exercise, the sleep. If you aren't getting enough sleep, I think that was the biggest killer because... I was doing this probably horrific for me in the long run habit of coffee naps, which I still swear by in a pinch, um, where you drink a cup of coffee, lay down for a 15 minute nap, the caffeine starts to hit about 50, you know, in that 15 minute window. When you wake up, you got no, you don't have that nap, post nap grogginess and you're kind of off to the races. I guarantee you that that is like shaving hours off of my lack of Alzheimer's, which runs in my family, so that'll be nice to have at like 65 instead of 93. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, take care of yourself first, and I know it's a tough topic with a lot of people, but lean on your friends. They're like, being friends with somebody is like a two-way street. You know, don't become an incredible burden to them, but also help let them shoulder some of your stuff and shoulder some of theirs uh, this will get into a point I kind of want to end the show on so I probably should have started done this at the end instead of at the beginning but I think that's kind of you know what I want to cover on mental health at least for this just kind of me sitting out here and mulling things over uh, so let's get on to some lighter topics uh, if any of you guys it's probably been mentioned maybe not I don't know we've only done movies uh, on the released episodes. There's at least three that, like, will never see the light of day because, my God, they were tough to get through. Um, Doug DeMiro. Uh, I'm a big car nut. Doug DeMiro does these great car views, um, and he's kicking ass and as far as, like, being a content creator um, in the automotive industry. He uh, started out probably, I don't know, 
somewhere between three and five years ago and has kind of eclipsed a lot of people who had been doing it a lot longer than him, basically. Uh, and he just launched a website to do like car auctions online that seems to be doing pretty well. Um, I've forgotten the name of it and eh, I could probably find it quickly. I'm not going to. Uh, but he just dropped his review of the new Bronco, which is a car that I'm very excited for as I drive a Bronco myself. Mine is from 1995. It's a hunk of crap, and it broke down last week. So very excited to see a new one out that I can hopefully potentially at some point buy and replace mine. But it's very cool. Uh, I'm going to give you a quick spoiler that he lets you know in like the first minute. The model that Ford gave him... Uh, had no engine. It, it had an engine. It was like the electric motor they used to get onto and off of the rollback trailer to deliver it to journalists or to events. But <laughs> there, no driving impressions, obviously. There's no way to drive it. All of the interior trim was very uh, plastic and faux and temporary. Uh, it was very much a prototype vehicle. But what it did give us is a very good idea of the materials that are going to be used, the fit and finish, and hopefully in quality. Uh, but let's be really honest, probably like, Ford is probably a lot like Chevy in that the press Corvettes were very, very nicely buttoned down and had a good stance when you looked at them from five feet away. The paint was all perfect. But it's an American car manufacturer, and they're getting better, but they're still, you know, it's not Porsche. So I'm willing to bet that the production models have more fit and finish issues and that sort of thing. Like, uh, I've got a buddy who's got a uh, one of the GMC Colorados, and there's this steel insert on the steering wheel, and one side is, like, substantially kinked compared to the other side uh, for this, like, decal, and it's very much like a somebody could have taken two seconds and probably adjusted it at the factory, before it was completely set into place, but now it's like, I might tear the leather trying to fix it, so, I don't know. It's something I wouldn't expect if I had bought, like, a $200,000 Porsche, but there's a reason why those trucks are 35000 and Porsches are two hundred at the end of the day. Um, so that's kind of everything. I, I don't want to steal his shine on the Bronco. I'm very excited for it. I think in the marketplace, it's going to definitely take a lot of... Uh, oh, one second... Um, I think it's going to take a lot of market share from the Jeep over the next couple of years. Um, the Jeep and it both have rollover protection. Actually, we're just going to kind of my thoughts on it uh, as long as we're here. The Jeep and the Bronco both have interior roll bars. Um, most people mount their, you know, that you, you've seen them if you've ever seen a Jeep. They've got foam padding on them usually, speakers mounted to them, lights, that sort of thing. Um, Bronco's going to have that too. The difference is Jeep has a crossbar in between the front row and sec or first row and second row of seats. Uh, Bronco got rid of that bar so that if you're in the back seats, you've got a little bit more headroom and your view's not as obstructed if you're riding in the car. Uh, time will tell if that's going to be a safety issue or not. Uh, I don't think it will be with my very rudimentary understanding of how roll cages work. Uh, but just an inter interesting thing to note. And I think the coolest thing with the new Bronco is that they've made the hardtop in such a way that you can basically bag the entire hardtop and put it in the trunk whenever you, if you say you're out, weather's nice, you're away from home, and you're like, you know, I don't want to drive home with the convertible orientation. You can take the entire, disassemble the whole hardtop, fold it up, put it in these baggies, 
throw it in the trunk, drive home, and if you want to reassemble it later, obviously you can. Like, very cool idea to be able to do that. And I think a big chunk with the Bronco, as far as the innovations they've had... Oh, that'll sound nice. Um, is that the Jeep has dominated this light SUV, um, very off-road oriented marketplace for so long. And I think Suzuki had something called the Jimny that was going to come out, but I don't think it ever made it to the U.S. Uh, <clears throat> it might be someday, but I don't think it is right now. Um, but that could definitely enter this market space. I don't think it'll enter with the thunder and IP that America ha- or that the Bronco has in America. Uh, but it'll be interesting th- to see. But I guarantee you there was a lot of pr- meetings and design and R&D stuff where they were talking and they go, okay, if we could improve on the Jeep, what would it be? Well, let's make the hard top where we can take it out. Or let's give it better ground clearance. Or people don't really – there's a lot of people and. I'm sure the Jeep people are going to yell at me if they ever retroactively listen to this because they certainly aren't now. Um, the Jeeps have funky handling at high speeds on the interstate. Um, that's because they have solid axles. Um, it's just by nature the way that those operate. The Bronco has got independent front rear suspension, I believe, and I really hope I have that right because... I would be foolish to mix that up, Um, but that will definitely give it better driving and handling uh, characteristics. Um, Make it handle more like a car, basically. And it's got uh, good ground clearance and departure angles and all sorts of nerdy stuff that if you're only loosely into cars, I've lost you in the weeds probably 10 minutes ago. one of the things I'm hoping for, if you Google Ford Bronco, there's some early press photos of this one that doesn't have windows and it has cutouts in the door. Looks very good. I hope those half-moon doors become an accessory later. Um, has like a summer-only variant door that you could buy. Um, and they're definitely, I, I'm not going to say definitely because, well, you know what, I'm going to say definitely. They're definitely going to make a Raptor version of the Bronco, and that is going to be very, very cool. Uh it's going to probably be some 500-horsepower monstrosity with bigger tires, so <clears throat> factory-provided lift, Fox shocks, you know, dressed to the nines. Uh, I will be very excited if that comes out, and I will really hope I've won the lottery because I bet you it's $60,000. Uh, but that's enough on the Bronco. I know most people are used to us reviewing movies, and I've definitely probably overstayed my welcome into the automotive side of things. Uh, but sometimes on these roof episodes, especially if I have some of my buddies on who are more into that, we will be getting into the, uh, those sorts of topics, uh, in classic Atlanta fashion, Braves lost game seven last weekend. That was pretty sick of them. Uh, so I think every Atlanta sports team lost last weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Um, good news. We have, you've gotten used to years of these kinds of failures. And so we're all very callous people about our sports. Um, I really don't have anything more to say on that. That just was an aside. I originally planned on recording this that night, but I wound up going to bed early because I was exhausted. Um, 
I was listening to a podcast today. Rogan had somebody on, and let's see if I can't easily and efficiently, without wasting too much time, find out what her name is because she was very intelligent. She was a uh, journalist from, uh, oh, words not coming out of my mouth, HBO's Vice, that sort of thing. Um, and she had a very good Ginny uh, Kleeman, I believe. Yeah. Jen Kleeman, I hope I'm pronouncing her uh, last name correctly, but they basically talked about vegan meat and sex robots and AI. But one of the things that I found very interesting, because Rogan always brings up Ex Machina, that movie like blew his mind. I think it's very interesting uh, myself, but probably not to the degree that he does. Um, <clears throat> but this movie uh, basically breaks down, this guy wins a uh, contest, goes out to live with a uh, reclusive Elon Musk-esque person who's trying to create a AI that can beat the Turing test. Now, if you don't know what the Turing test is, uh, I believe it's Alan Turing. Um, let's see. And, uh, God, we are about to get off the rails uh, already. Uh, Alan Turing, I believe, it did the Turing test. Uh, Alan Turing law, da 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 da. Pardon, uh, nope, that is a law about outlawed homosexual acts in the United Kingdom. Interesting. Um, but, uh, sorry for the silence, I just got very distracted by what I was reading. I'm not sure that this is who I'm. Turing. Test. Yeah, okay. I think it is him. Turing test called by Alan Turing. Okay, yes. So I've got the right person. Um, basically, Alan Turing is the guy who did... If you've ever seen Im Imitation Came with Keira Knightley and Benedict Cumberbatch about the guy who breaks the Nazi codes in World War One or Two, uh, he's the guy. Um, but one of his other things that he creates is the Turing test, which is basically... Uh, can a machine uh, exhibit behavior that is indistinguishable from that of a person? And back to AI is they're looking to try and create an AI that goes one step further than the Turing test and is cognitively functioning like a human, a.k.a. true artificial intelligence. And true artificial intelligence is probably the wrong term because I know there's two different types of uh, AI. I just can't think of what they are. Uh, basically, there's a type of AI where uh, it's like, oh, it can intelligently make a more and more aerodynamic shape through trial and error. And then there's the version of AI that we're talking about here where it's like, oh, it feels and senses things. Um, and... Uh, the whole purpose of Ex Machina is kind of this blurred line of um, machines developing consciousness. And it makes you a little bit scared of your Alexa. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything. We will probably do a review on that movie later because it is pretty cool. Uh, but needless to say... Uh, yeah, we'll leave it with it. It'll scare you from your Alexa and your computer, and you might not want to yell at it. Your Siri quite as much. Um, 
but very interesting movie. But basically, they were talking about this: uh, if machines hit a point where they become, uh, I don't know, cognitive enough where uh, their example was like if you have something that's at a point where it cowers when you try and swing at it and that sort of thing, you know, if you really maliciously approached this device and it was of the cognitive ability to uh, respond to it, um, at what point would it eventually have rights because you were literally like being violent towards something that was sentient enough to know that you don't do that. And would humanity learn from its mistakes in the past with some of the horrible things we've done, a la slavery, uh, torture, and just general treating our neighbors like shit. Um, or treating people like not people. Um, so I just, I, the whole conversation was very interesting. It made me definitely question that. I was definitely, like, the weird thing is, I was like, you know what? I, maybe we do learn from our mistakes because I was like, if, if technology hits a point where we can definitively go, it's got a conscience. It's going to operate like a human being. I kind of be really quick to go, yeah, so let's treat it like people. Like, this seems like a really bad idea when machines can lift cars and things. Like, hey, maybe we don't go down this whole rabbit hole. Um, actually... The first thing I thought of was Frank Herbert's Dune, um, which, God, I can't wait for that movie, but I think it's been pushed back like a whole another year, so that's exciting. Um, Dune, they have these things called mentats, people who basically their brains have been trained to oper like, operate like computers because complex computing has been outlawed due to like a AI uprising equivalent. I don't think they use those exact terminologies, but uh, it I find it very interesting that it comes up in that book because Dune came out in like, um, cheating by Googling it, but 1965. Uh, Frank Herbert was already predicting like AI overthrow in 1965 in this book. Um, which is wild. I'm sure Isaac Asimov did it 20 years earlier, and somebody will correct me that some dude in 1800 brought it up about Da Vinci's inventions in, like, the Renaissance area. So, uh, it's just the oldest thing I can think of where somebody was like, mm, maybe the complex machines that are like people is a bad idea. Uh, and honestly, this is kind of like the thing I saw some nat uh, science article on Google News that they were thawing something out, and they were like, We'll be able to clone woolly mammoths. I'm like, guys, we got five Jurassic Park movies. What are we doing? Like, we we know how this ends. This is the this is, and AI to me is like, guys, The Matrix, Terminator, on and on and on and on, Blade Runner. Like, we get it gets pretty bad if we do stupid things like this. Uh, but maybe it's the next evolution in humanity. I don't know because. At one point, there was like six different species of human. Read Sapiens. That's a very good book that kind of goes into the early history of how we evolved in this almost Mandela effect, or maybe we were just taught this way. I don't really don't remember um, that it kind of went Cro-Magnum, Neanderthalus, then Homo sapiens, and really it was kind of like we all coexisted in Homo sapiens. Probably helped in finishing off the other species of human that were on Earth at the time, but that's a whole other topic for another day. But basically, it's just all to get back to maybe AI is the next step. Maybe 
we look at that and we go, maybe this isn't the best idea. Maybe we don't. I don't know. It'll be exciting to see. Probably not going to be around for it. I don't know. Uh, how uh, long... If I had to guess, I think we'll have, like, some real substantial AI in, like, 2035, maybe. Because uh, think back to the 90s and DSL, and now we've got, like, I'm going to throw out a crazy number that probably isn't right, terabyte data, you know, data per second at NASA headquarters. They got something silly. Like, somebody did the math and said, if your boss walked in and caught you playing Grand Theft Auto V, you could un- you could uninstall it and reinstall it faster than the load screen on an Xbox or something like that. But blew my mind. I was like, oh, okay. I remember like having to wait like 15 minutes for a web page to load at one point. Uh, you'd go make some coffee or something and come back. I, I wasn't old enough for that, but I imagine an adult probably was trying to get into his email and probably walked back, got some coffee, clicked on an email, was like, all right, I guess I'll get a bagel too. Uh, I don't know. Is that just a default default thing that I'm going to say these days? We're going to get out of that habit probably. Maybe. Probably not. Um, is there anything other interesting stuff that I want to cover before closing this episode out? I'm not sure that there is. This has kind of just been delusional ramblings. Um, not really delusional, just very unstructured. I had like 16 notes. Oh, I wanted to go into Hubie Halloween. That's right. I had two other things that I wanted to cover. Man, we almost ended that a little bit too early. Um, Hubie Halloween, pretty good movie. Uh, I mean, if you've run out of a lot of other things to watch, I probably... It's nowhere close to the top of my list of all-time Halloween movies, but it really... I enjoyed it because it felt like... It's the first time an Adam Sandler movie has really felt like a mid-2000s Adam Sandler movie in a while to me. Uh, obviously, you got Adam Sandler as the main character. Hubie Dubois. You got uh, Kevin James, who you should know from plenty of movies. Um, Julie Bowen, who is the mother in Modern Family. Uh, I think, was she the villain in the Power Rangers movie? Ah, uh, da 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 da. I might be wrong on that. I am wrong on that. Who was that? That was Rangers, which not as bad of a movie as it kind of got dealt. That was Elizabeth Banks. Wait a second. Oh no no no! Never mind. Elizabeth Banks is from Hunger Games and all that jazz. Uh, I might have thought these two people were the same person for right up until now. Uh, Ray Liotta, Steve Buscemi, Rob Schneider. Uh, I mean, it's his classic squad of everybody that he, when he wants to just have people involved. Uh, Ben Stiller makes a cameo, Shaq's in it. Uh, whenever he wants to make a movie and just have all, hang out with all his friends for a couple weeks, basically, this is... But it was good. It, it it was very much a throwback to a mid two thousand Sandler flick. Uh, I had fun with it. I don't want to spoil too much about it. Uh, basically, Sandler kind of plays this guy who's got a lisp, uh, who's a little bit overprotective neighborhood watch. Um, Kevin James plays this cop who's a little bit dis- who's very dismissive of him, uh, and Adam Sandler's basically got to save the day, but he's kind of doing it in mild buffoonish ways. Uh, 
Bushimi is the this sketchy neighbor who moves in next door, uh, and Shaq's a radio host. Uh, but uh, it was a good movie. The topic I wanted to end on. We're coming up on this election, and I'm not going to get into the politics of it, other than the fact that, holy shit, is this the best two people we could pick? I'm not a big fan of the fact that we've gotten so deep on the two-party system, because just a lot of reasons. It seems like a bad idea in the long run to only have two ideas, because people get polarized, they get very team-oriented, and the people you're trying to elect get very, uh, well, let's tell the extreme version of our thing so that people don't in the middle don't get mixed up and look at where we're at now. Everybody kind of hates each other. It's awesome. Uh, I just, you know, think a call to action for people to be better to each other because I think people are inherently... To go back to the quote from... Uh, uh, Lee, 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 Lee. What is the name I'm trying to think of? It is from Men in Black. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Wow, that was terrible that I couldn't come up with that. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones says that the person is smart and that people are stupid, panicky, whatever, and really rags on people when they get into these collective team mentalities. And I think it's a little bit warranted, though, because we do have a tendency if it's like, well, me versus you. If people, Two people in a room can have a very intellectual debate, but 100 people trying to talk to 100 other people gets a very, we're on this side, they're on that side. Um Really good example, if you want to track it down, is the second episode of um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. People start throwing eggs at each other out in front of a uh, pro-life, pro-choice protest. Man, I'm just trying to offend as many people as possible right now. Um, But just remember, regardless of who wins or loses, that we're all still Americans, and let's let's try and nominate some better choices in the primaries. The right was kind of screwed because nobody ran against Trump. That was that was wild that we just were like, all right, that's our choice. Uh, and the left, let's be real honest, they've got a long history of picking a candidate and forcing everybody else out of the race. And then the Libertarian Party, not sure if a whole lot of people know this, the uh, debates are actually run. Actually, I think the debates are going on right now. I'm not going to watch it. I'll watch uh, KFC do his two-minute recap, and I'm sure that'll tell me everything I need to know. Uh, but, because the per- last two were just worthless. Um, and the vice presidential debate, they talked about a fly instead of uh, what the actual conversations were covered. Um, the libertarian, or in order to be on the debate stage, you have to poll 15%. Now, people think probably think I did, literally up until this election, that those debates were a government public service type of thing where every candidate who met certain merits got on that stage. What I didn't realize is that they are basically owned and operated via via financial backing by Republican and Democratic interest groups. Uh, And they made a stipulation that was like, everybody can be up on this stage. If they poll 15%, and I believe that's 15% on a poll that they have. Like, it would be like an Associated Press poll or, you know, anything like that. Something in the New York Times, but it's for them. Um, And this is all kind of my understanding. I haven't done probably nearly enough research to really be speaking on it, but we're going to anyway because that's kind of our MO. Um, They 
Joe Jorgensen, if you're not familiar, is the Libertarian candidate. Joe Jorgensen's name didn't get up on that ballot for the poll uh, until like two or three weeks or a month or some some crazy short period before the uh, debates even started. And uh, Gary Johnson, who was the Libertarian candidate four years ago, pulled 13.1%, and he was on it as long as every other candidate was. Now, kind of silly to not think that there wasn't something a little bit fishy. It'd be naive to not think that there's something a little bit fishy when you have interest groups with two major parties looking at this going, they got real close last year, we got to let them on the stage if they get there. Well, maybe we just haven't heard her name until we get too close for her to take 15%. Um, but it, just, it, it was mind-blowing to me. Not real. I mean, yes and no, like, there's a lot of shady things that go on. Um, like, uh, we, we won't get into it. We won't get into it. It's too polarizing. But basically just the only wasted vote is a vote that you weren't very – make sure you're informed before pulling the trigger on who you're voting for. Um, and I'm not going to badmouth anybody making a pick. I think you got to vote with your conscience for who you think is going to do best by the most American people. Um, but my word – what two choices have we got now? I mean, technically we have a third, but let's be honest. Joe Jorgensen winning is more of just a, I couldn't in good conscience vote for the other two. Uh, be hilarious if she won, um, <laughs> because everybody was like, what in the heck? Uh, even if they didn't know him getting to that voting booth, you're like, oh, there's the third choice. Oh, shit. Let's go with the third choice. Um, no, but all, all this is just to say, like, be good, be kind to your neighbors, uh, be kind, rewind. I think that was what was that blockbuster? Um, I don't know. I think things are going to get worse before they get better, and I think this election, regardless of who wins or loses, is going to be very polarizing and probably probably lead to a lot of conflict. So just keep in mind that everybody else is also a human being that is an American that you live with and don't dehuman because what I've been hearing recently is people talk about Republicans they go that damn Republican can go die and that Democrat can go die and it's just like guys they're people they're people who think they're doing the right thing at the end of the day nobody's maliciously trying to screw the other side they're going I can't believe the better way to think about a lot of this stuff is I can't believe that they think that's the right decision instead of thinking I can't believe they're trying to harm people, and I don't even really know if that's the way I want to go about that argument, but that that's the best I'm going to do right now. Uh, I've been talking for like, oh my god, it's only been 35 minutes. That's, uh, that's sad. Um, maybe if I come into this with a little bit more planning, work better, but uh, I don't know. Everybody be nice to each other for a change. Let's, uh, let's try and make the world better one interaction at a time. You guys enjoy the rest of your week. We'll try and get back to you Sunday. Hopefully Kate's move will be done and we can do the review of Halloween. Uh, actually, we might try and record Friday. I don't know. We'll get back to you. We'll drop an episode at some point this weekend. Definitely bef- uh, Sunday night at the latest. Uh, hope you enjoy, and I hope that this can be saved in the editing room.